0: Everybody, it's Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. I'll discuss Khabib Nurmagomedov's comments on the career of Jose Aldo, And I'll also share my thoughts on his comments about the unnecessary nature of MMA ring card girls. And as always, I answer your questions from the UTC midweek mailbag. A lot of comments to get us started from none other, none other than Khabib. That's right, Khabib Nurmagomedov undefeated former lightweight champion one of few to be undefeated and get out of the game uh so that is where we're going to start first off KOB how much did you miss me i mean an extra day without me it's like an extra day without sunshine are you okay
1: yeah i mean i think we need to give you a round of applause for uh, doing your job this week
0: thank you hey yeah huh huh
1: hollywood smith decided to summer find summer slam
0: out. and then raw and then i'm here Thank you. Thank you. 51,000 people at Allegiant Stadium. That was insane. That was the craziest uh, event I've ever seen in my life. In terms of production and pyro and fans, it was absolutely – and I've seen some big events. This was insane. Guns, can you back me up on this a little bit? I know your opinion means almost nothing, but about, like, <laughs> shiny stuff and explosions, I'm all even that. you can give me – was it not pretty sweet production-wise?
1: Oh, it was awesome. So, oh, I mean, my so God. It was, yeah, it was sick. And also kicking off, the, like, you know, where the Raiders are at and stuff. That was the first time people actually got to see that. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. With fans in it. And, uh, yeah, no, it was wild. And what a car. Becky Lynch, let's go. Cena put up a fight. The, the Seth Rollins' edge fight was wild. That was the best so good. performance historic, of you. Historic.
0: Historic. So, yeah, no, definitely a good one, man. Jealous that you were there. I was watching it home. So Best you. seats in the house. It was pretty sweet. Anyway, <laughs> so... Uh, Khabib, before we even get to what he said, before we even get to what he said, I'm going to be totally upfront and honest, as I generally am. When I talked about um, people giving their opinions about sports or Simone Biles and things around sports, I said, look, we all have the right to give our opinions or critiques of something in which we are emotionally invested. So a lot of people came out and said, hey, if you're not an Olympic gold medalist, you don't have any right to criticize and I'm like, well, first off, then your criticism is what? Seven people, right? It's a very small pool. Number two, there's a level of criticism that I feel is unacceptable to go after somebody personally, to call them filthy names. I would never, ever do that. But you can't ask me to be emotionally invested in a sport or an athlete without then hearing my opinion about it. I was sitting down with somebody who were were trashing I forget what sport it was, but we they were tra- trapping – oh, no, no, I know what it was. They were trashing the ownership of the Cubs for getting re- – rid. I was in Chicago. I was with some friends who were from Chicago. They were trashing the ownership of the Cubs, who are basically getting rid of all their stars uh, to save some money to bank up for the next couple of years, right? Do you know about this, K.O.B.? They're taking a ton of heat because they're basically getting rid of everybody uh, and just reloading, like, next year, year after. Do you know about that, K.O.B.? So their ownership, the management is just taking a ton of heat in Chicago. And so they go off about the management of the Chicago Cubs, and then Simone Biles came up, and they said, well, we don't have any right to criticize because we're not Olympic athletes. And I went, well, you're not the owner of a team either. You're not a coach. And they just shut up. I was like, well, you don't know how hard it is to manage a team, right? Those people have doctorates in economics. What do you have, right? And they just shut up immediately because I went, all right, we can't criticize anything we don't do. Well, that's a pretty narrow slice of people that can criticize something. So, that's how I feel about critiquing. There should be levels to it. But I don't agree with all... Not having done it, you have to acknowledge there are certain things you just don't know. But you have the right to have an opinion about it. Either way. There, I'm done. So, Khabib is a special case in that uh, he's one of, if not the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Opinions vary. I think he's second or third on my list. Uh, So... He, he comes from a perspective of knowledge, not ignorance. He does know what he's talking about. But when it comes to his opinions about things, he is biased like every other human being based on his experiences and his feelings about the people he's talking about. Let's keep that in mind. So there was a very interesting article that called him, and I'm not making this up, uh, the the Karen of MMA uh ufc newcomer patty pimblett labels Khabib the karen of mma which i think is pretty funny so yeah it's just an opinion lad he said about uh khabib's opinions mostly about uh conor mcgregor the way he explained his opinions are like our souls everyone's got one so when you uh you've just got to get on with it haven't you it's like khabib fans online are worse than conor mcgregor fans now it's embarrassing you can't say a bad word about him i just said that he's not the GOAT, but said that he's the 155-pound GOAT, and people took no notice of that and just said, oh, you said he's not the GOAT, this and that. I started calling, uh, I started getting called a Muslim hater because I, he wasn't the greatest of all time, and he's not. I don't care what anyone says. He's not the GOAT. you got to have longevity in the sport to be the GOAT, and he hasn't had longevity. He had three title offenses. John Jones had, what, 12? Which is my criticism, also, of Khabib. When I don't put him number one, it's because he didn't have a long title run. Um, he's become the Karen of the MMA scene, ain't he? See him on the podcast with Mike Tyson the other day, and he's going, oh, can you put this fast food away and this weed? No, lad. It's Tyson's podcast, so do what he wants. Shut up. You've been invited on as a guest. Do as you're told, you divvy. I don't know what a divvy is. I'm assuming it's not that bad. So the, the, the angles of attack here are, yeah, I wouldn't tell somebody on their podcast what to do. I'm a guest in their home, essentially. So they don't want to smoke weed, do whatever they want, fine. If you don't like that, don't go on the podcast. That's the way I see it. But... Uh, this is what he had to say about, interestingly enough, Jose Aldo, who, when you talk about fighters who are universally respected by almost everyone, and I know the MMA fan base, I'm in the MMA fan base, I am subjected to the MMA fan base, I know how fickle you all can be, no offense. Um, although someone will take offense because you're fickle. So, Jose Aldo, KOB, am I wrong? Almost universally respected at the highest levels of the sport. Am I wrong? You, you hardly ever hear a di- discouraging word about Jose Aldo. You are correct, sir. Personally, professionally, he's not one of those guys who's in and out of trouble. <coughs> Connor. Or does dump things on the street. He's never been that guy. Doesn't really say things are that controversial. He's a really nice guy who goes out there and kicks some ass and is the top 145 pounder of all time on my list. Okay? So... Uh, this is what Khabib had to say about Jose Aldo. And he was doing an interview with RT Sports, a Russian news outlet. Um, now people are saying he's gotten, kind of gotten a second win, right? He's, he's looking good in this in the last fight he had. He looked outstanding. But then he's getting a second win. This is what he had to say about it. How was he showing it? He got beat up when he fought uh, Peter, right? A guy wins one fight and everybody starts talking. When Conor fought Cowboy, he looked like a lion. But when he fights stronger opponents, he looks like a scared chicken. Fighting top fighters shows your worth. The level of Russia's football team will be shown against Croatia, not Malta. I assume Croatia's good. I know nothing about football. A fight against Cowboy won't show you what level you're at. Just like Aldo's fight against Pedro Munoz. Let him fight Peter the same way. We can say he's peaking again. You saw what he did. He closed up and waited for the ref to stop the fight. That shows you're not at your peak. If you're li- if you're getting hit and you're conscious and you're not defending yourself, I'll co- I call those fighters businessmen. They come out to make money. There are real champions that go hard on everyone. They don't care about the money. Of course, it's an important aspect, but he has a competitive spirit. So there's no way Aldo is having a second peak. You can try to prove it all you want, but I've been through this. I know better than you. You're a journalist. I'm a fighter. Okay. I, I don't see anything unfair about what he's saying i have similar thoughts i was vocal after jose aldo's last fight and the people going oh man tj dillashaw uh cory whoa, 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 whoa. slow your roll here he beat up the number nine guy he looked good i didn't think he looked great everybody's saying he looked like peak jose aldo i didn't think so he looked good he looked good he didn't look like the Jose Aldo of old. To say that that guy who beat up Pedro Munoz looked like the Jose Aldo of old, I think you're disrespecting the Jose Aldo of old. That's what I thought. I was like, dude, you... I... K.O.B., was he not a fire breather in his prime? I mean, almost like, wow, untouchable. We thought he could be the 55-pound champ at the time, and I think he could have been. It, you know what I mean? Do you get what, that, that sense of awe. I think if you never saw it or you didn't see it in real time, It's hard to explain. Am I doing it justice, K.O.B.? He was awe-inspiring in his prime. Dude, he was You were like, oh, oh, animal! Animal! Animal." And I didn't see that guy against Pedro Munoz. I saw a a very good fighter who is capable of putting on good, if not great, performances from 15 to 5. I really think if you keep him in that ranked number 15 to 5 range, he's going to look really good. I, I have to agree with Khabib that I think against the elite of the elite, we see kind of another Peter Jan type performance where he's he's just he's just not the old Aldo. I, I wouldn't necessarily have put it in those terms. I would have been a little bit more respectful. And what didn't get brought up in this conversation is Joseph, and I. I the idea that he's a businessman, I, I don't see that. That is a bit of an insult I wouldn't have thrown in there. And I haven't thrown in there, and I would never use those those words. I truly believe Jose Aldo loves what he's doing. Is he getting paid? Does he want to get paid? Yeah, they're prize fighters. Prize fighters, okay? So, yeah, he wants to get paid. But I don't see a guy in his last few performances who doesn't want to be there anymore. Give me my check and get out of here. I have seen those fights. Right? Right? Buster Douglas, Evander Holyfield, give me my check. Ken Shamrock, every time he fought in Bellator, in my opinion, give me my check. All right? So I've seen it over and over and over. I've seen guys that are just past their prime, Rampage versus Fedor. Get me out of here. Give me my check and I'm gone. It's a different kind of animal. But I I, I saw a guy who is, is going to look great against those mid-level guys and is going to have trouble with those elite. Sandhagen, Dillashaw, Peter Young, um, Aljo, Rob Font. I'd keep him away from those guys. Let him, you know, I, I don't want to say gatekeeper, but let him mess around from those five, you know, five to 15. Keep him out of the five rounders and have some fun and let him have these fun, thrilling, entertaining fights with pretty good guys. Because I don't see that guy. Unlike Khabib, I don't call him a businessman because I don't see someone who's going in for a check. I see somebody who really wants to win. Who really believes he can beat, maybe, or give a good fight to those top four guys. Because right now he's number five. I disagree with him there if he thinks that. But I see a guy who seems to really believe that. Showing up for a check is, you take a couple and you're like, ah, screw this, I'm out of here. He's not doing that. He's fighting with everything he's got. Proud champion. Proud champion. Yeah, he doesn't have a belt anymore. To me, Jose Aldo will always be a champion. He's got that heart. He's got that mentality. He's got that fire, okay? So, to me, uh, that was the disrespectful part of this, where he's called him a businessman. I, I, That's that's a jab I wouldn't do. But I do agree that I don't see suddenly, wow, he's, he's back, or he's he's just like the the old Jose. He's not. This is a guy who doesn't quite have all the tools that that young Jose Aldo had, and, and how could he, right? But <laughs> it's true, uh, 75% of the old Jose Aldo, which he may have now, is still beats 90% of the roster. Maybe 95%. Only those guys I mentioned. The guys ahead of him, Rob Font, okay, Rob Font, uh, Corey Sanhagen, TJ Dillashaw, Peter Yon, uh, and of course, uh, Aljo, those are the guys that beat him. And and that, that he doesn't look good against right. It's just blah, they don't. He doesn't look good against those guys. Beyond that, I I think he's 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 gonna look good, but he's not what he used to be. So I agree with Khabib mostly. But one thing I want one bug I want to put in your guys' ear. He never came back. Khabib, leaving when he did, great story, I'm undefeated, you know, I told my dad, that blah, 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 I'm out of here, okay? A great story. But there's something about us, and I mean the combat sports world and fans and media, who love a comeback. We love a fighter who, who, who takes their losses, takes some lumps, comes back and does great things. We got it from uh, certainly Dustin Poirier, We've got we got it from GSP, who had biggest upset at the time, biggest upset, I think, in MMA history. Came back and had another great run. We love the comeback story. A lot of people disrespect Ronda Rousey for losing two and going, F this, I'm out of here. Movies and pro wrestling. I'm gone. See ya. I don't, but a lot of people do. You never tried to overcome that deficit. You never saw, you know, Muhammad Ali famously came back from losses to become champion. And we want that from people. Khabib never did that. So how critical can he be of someone who is trying to do that, who clearly isn't in their prime anymore, but still trying to do something in the sport? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Khabib, you never took your lumps. And went back and 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 had to, if not become champion again, show the fans that you can still do it and still compete. You never did that, which was your right, and I completely understand that that decision. But not everybody chooses that. This, you know, Jose Aldo's not BJ Penn. We're going, oh my God, it's getting embarrassing, right? This, this isn't a guy on a, a five or six fight slide and a lot. He looked great in his last fight, and I agree with what I'll, with what Khabib said about. Him not being in his prime anymore, and that's just is the way it is. I don't agree with the implication, saying he's a businessman, that his heart isn't in the game anymore. I truly believe Jose Aldo still has heart in the game. And to say anything less than that, I think, is a little disrespectful. This is Lindsay Rhodes, and I'm so excited for my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, to be joining the XM sports family. We'll be talking about the most compelling topics and to some of the most interesting people in and around the NFL, taking a look at things through my somewhat nerdy football lens. I like to push past the low-hanging fruit to get to the real stories that are going to make you feel like a smarter football fan. So please join me every Wednesday for The NFL Roadshow, available on the SXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Khabib comments about ring card girls. So this is from what I'm looking at right now It's MMA Junkie USA today. Khabib and ring card girls are the most useless people in martial arts. Look, I don't want to offend anyone. This was that same interview that we talked about before. We talked about um, Jose Aldo's. Um, it's with RT Sports, which is a, a Russian news outlet. Um, look, I don't want to offend anyone. Ring card girls. Ring girls are the most useless people in martial arts. What is their function? I have a question. You can show that it's the second round on the screen. I realize there's a history behind ring card girls. History knows many mistakes. We read history to avoid mistakes of the past and the future. If we look at the history, it says they are useless. That is my personal opinion. Dana White maybe likes it. Maybe you do. But my name is not Dana. My name is Khabib. Uh, I sit with my father at events. This this is a question about uh, cultural values, basically, and ring girls being present. I sit with my father at an event. Every person has his own preferences, the culture and values. I come to fight night and sit with my father. These ring card girls are passing by and showing people that it's the second round. But no one looks at the round number. I feel uncomfortable with my father. I'm not against it. If you want, you can do it. Uh, But don't impose it on me. Do it aside. There are the designated places for it. I think we must not mix all of it. This is my personal opinion. I like that he's saying it's my personal cultural opinion. It's my personal cultural bias. Women walking around in bikinis makes me uncomfortable. Speaking as an American, doesn't bother me at all. Doesn't bother me at all. But uh, for people who don't know, ring card girls started in boxing, and that wasn't always the case. A lot of times a man who was affiliated with the promotion at some point, would simply hold up a card that said what round it was. And I've seen videos where there's a dude in a suit, right? In the 50s, they would just hold up, hey, it's round five. Like this guy who was the timekeeper or somebody would stand up and say, it's round five, and hold up a card. It was a dude in a suit. Do you know where Ring Card Girls started, gentlemen? I'll give you a hint. It was a casino in Vegas. Do you know which casino? She should be able to guess this.
1: Casino in Vegas. Yes. I'm trying to think of which ones have been around that hosted a, Show- a
0: lot of fights.
1: Showboat or something
0: known for it.
1: The MGM. I mean, I Caesar's Palace. Many... Caesar's Palace. Oh god! Damn.
0: All the big fights used to be at Caesar's Palace. That used to be kind of their thing. So they had these women that were dressed as like you know Roman goddesses, and it was kind of part of their thing. So they got the idea of having them hold up the number. So Caesar's Palace started this whole number thing. Because they already had these women that would kind of hang out and, and dress as goddesses. And then they'd have the, these guys dress up as Caesar. And that was their thing. That was their shtick. So they said, hey, give these women the card and have them hold it up. So Caesar's Palace started the ring card girls thing. This was not a universal thing. When he says, hey, study your history. There was a time when there there were no ring card girls. They just went, eh, some dude with a suit said round five. But once you start it and people go, oh, man, that's some eye candy in between rounds. Woo! It just... Caught on. And I've been at a lot of boxing events, a lot of MMA events, and it's something for guys to just look at and cackle at and whistle at in between rounds. It's a valid question if we really need that anymore. It's a val- the, the point is eye candy. That That's the point. I'm sorry. Now, Rinkard Girls and Mercedes and Jade, Rinkard Girls and Beltor, really good friends of mine. They did a lot of promo stuff for Bellator. Signing posters, you know, ad events, promoting stuff. They did a lot on social media for the event. But at the end of the day, their job as ring card girls was to be stared at while they they held up a number that we already knew already. Is that kind of thing or that kind of thinking of a woman just being eye candy holding up a number For a totally different reason than what Khabib is saying, because it doesn't make me uncomfortable at all, uh, is is it a bit outdated in in 2021? So Khabib's comments are different than the comments I'm making, but is it just a bit outdated? Because it it is. He's right about, look, you show it on the screen what freaking round it is. You can tell people. It's not that effing difficult. They used to announce it at one point. Hey, on to round two. They said that. Okay? So... Yeah, it's not necessary. And the only reason we do it is because it's become acceptable. And it is simply to stare at a half-naked woman. Do we still need that in 2021? KLB, what do you think? My little panel here, what do you think? Do do we Eh, need it? No. I don't
1: really know how much it's even really noticed. Like, half the time time I'm looking at my phone during the breaks, in between rounds, when they're coming back. And on TV, you
0: don't see them anyway. Yeah. On TV, I mean, a lot they, of times we're in commercials. You'll usually
1: oh. see them, like, just the beginning of round one. That's it. Like, when yes. they walk around right before, like, oh, the beautiful, you know, Britney Palmer. Like, you'll get one of those as they sit down, and then the fight begins. And that's usually the last time I remember seeing them at ever. I don't know if they, if you see them. That's the funny part. As much of as I've been watching, if you ask me right now, do the ring card girls walk around be- between rounds two and three? I don't know. Yeah, they I do. really don't pay. I really don't pay. Oh, I'm saying, like, it's shown on television. I really don't know.
0: All right. Now, in Bellator, they used to have an ending shot. So what happens is they get up. So when they go, oh, that's a big shot, end of round one. They cut right to commercial. They don't show the ring car girl walking around. What they do is she walks around. And then usually, if you cut away to commercial during the, the round break, when you come back, a lot of times the ring car girl will be standing or walking down the steps with the number so that the audience knows what round we're in. And she can blow a kiss or whatever and sit there. And that was it. And and a lot of times with Bellator, they made sure to catch that ending shot of the ring card gold walking back down the stairs. That's the deal. Is that's what it's for. So a lot of times they do, but they have to purposely do it. I don't know if the UFC does it anymore. You know what I mean? I don't know if the UFC, I know Bellator made a point to catch them at the end. The ring card girls,
1: as far as I can remember, you usually see them at the beginning of the fight. They show the little round one, and then they go back to the ring, and then we begin round one. Right. Beyond that, I don't recall really seeing them that much. And I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just saying... But usually, yeah, (laughs) I'm looking at other stuff. I'm just not... to, To the point of saying, like, are they really necessary? No. They never really were. I mean, I'm sure ESPN at this point can put up a little graphic that says round one over the top, like, with all the things that they do.
0: So... They're not really and necessary. And it's at the bottom of the screen every round. It stays there. You
1: know? and, I, and I joked around, too. Like, uh, RJ had asked, what's the best job in, in MMA? I'm like, I think Ring Card Girl pretty much rocks. It's basically the van White of, of MMA. You don't have to do any, like, fighter prep to go do any. No heavy stuff labor. like that. Yeah, nothing like that. You're just carrying the card around. You don't, have, you, you don't take any damage to your body whatsoever, really. I mean, I'm like, plus, I'm like, they basically are paid to stay in shape. Like i'd love to have a job like that that that, that would be fantastic but like yeah i do think we're past the point but here's the funny part and uh i remember real sports did something about this way back kind of like we're not exactly sure like what feminism applies to this because there was a a female coach in the nfl who was talking about how much she she can't stand the cheerleaders it's outdated it's done like just get rid of it we don't need it and there are other like 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 what are they doing for the sport? Like you know how hard like they're the reason why I had to work so hard to get to where I am right now because everyone just thinks oh it's cheerleading that's all it is. And then they talk cheerleaders. <sighs> yeah. There was one cheerleader who basically just did it for fun. Who outside of cheerleading was like an actual like rocket scientist. I think she were, she was like a Denver cheerleader. Like <laughs> she's like yeah I just do this because it's a fun thing to do. It gets you know break up the monotony of life. It's just yeah you know you get to go to football games and stuff like that. But like. Why am I the problem exactly? Like, what am I hurting? That 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 becomes the problem is like, is it feminist to think that we've moved past this, or is it dumb to think like? Well, they they're just showing off sexuality, so you can't have them there. Like, what is the correct response? I don't know anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I really yeah, don't know.
0: And Kabib and I are, are taking Kabib is seeing it as a devout Muslim from Dagestan who has a very different cultural outlook than I do. I'm I'm not made uncomfortable by a woman in a bikini holding up a number. That doesn't bother me in any way. Like it makes him uncomfortable. He's from a society where that doesn't happen very much. But I am seeing it in a term in terms of, once again, a Western style. As you're saying, like where does where does a if it's not necessary, is it a good thing? And you know, I'm seeing it from a totally different perspective than Khabib, and I acknowledge that he's seeing it from a different perspective than I am. But it, it, it's a debate or a, a a subject that could be worth talking about, and I think will be uh, talked about in the future very soon. Jimmy Smith is a knowledgeable man in many areas of life. I'm a one-man phenom of information. And he's gracious enough to share that knowledge by answering your questions about any subject you desire. Just email your question to utcmailbag at gmail.com and have them answered by Jimmy Smith himself. The Wednesday tradition continues on Unlocking the Cage. It's time for the Midweek Mailbag on Sirius XM Fight Nation. What's up folks? Jimmy Smith unlocking the cage. I'm here answering your answering your questions. Midweek mailbag. It's always UTC Mailbag at gmail.com. KOB has rooted through them to select the best. What is it? KOP. How are we starting? I'm ready to go, dude. We'll get started with Mike in
1: Indiana, who once says, Hey Jimmy, Logan Paul versus Tyron Woodley is coming up. How are you feeling about it as it gets as it looms closer? I'm praying
0: to... It's, it's Jake Paul, right?
1: Yeah, Jake Paul. Yeah, all right, Logan here.
0: All right. So, uh, Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley, I am praying to little baby Jesus that Tyron Woodley puts on a great performance and wins this fight. My doubts or my problems or my concerns are that, number one, uh, he hasn't had great MMA performances and mostly he's been out-wrestled. He hasn't been out, outstruck a whole lot. He's been out-wrestled, of course, submitted by Vicente Luque, out-wrestled by Kobe Covington, out-wrestled by Kamaru Usman, uh, out-wrestled by Gilbert Burns. Can his body still go through the workouts? Because there comes a point when, regardless if it's wrestling or road work or hitting bags or sparring, whatever it is, whatever you're going through, your body just says, enough of this, I'm out. Can't do this anymore. Your body just says, I, I can't do this. I'm out of here. Has Tyron Woodley hit that point? If he can still work out, if he can still do what he needs to do athletically, I think he's a good enough athlete to win this fight. If he can't, he might get murdered. And I would hate to see that. But I'm just praying that his body could hold on. I'm still leaning Tyron Woodley. Of course, I'll make my pick as it gets closer. That That's what I'm saying. K.O.B., okay, are you with me on that? I'm intrigued by this one. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. Oh. I'm just hoping Tyron's body just hasn't gotten past that point of no return. You know what
1: I mean? <laughs> well, that kind of brings us to our next one right now.
0: Hit it. Message!
1: All right. This comes from Steve in Detroit. <laughs> it says Considering Tyron Woodley got beat by a high school teacher on the Titan games, would this, lo- <sighs> if he loses to, if he loses to so Jake Paul, would it be considered worse?
0: Oh, it'd be way worse way worse. Because <laughs> remember, that was like a gym teacher, right? That was a guy who was, who was pretty pretty in shape. And he got murked. Did you see that? It wasn't close. It, like, it wasn't oh, barely, only beat him by a second. He got murdered on that thing. And I was I was not pleased by his performance there. But it could be just a gym teacher just has what it takes and all that stuff and he's in better shape. And No, but getting knocked out especially, because th- if he loses, he probably gets knocked out. To get knocked out by Jake Paul would be, to me, infinitely worse than that. And not as many people watched this Titan Games episode where he lost to a gym teacher as are going to watch him take on Jake Paul. I think this will get big numbers. It'll probably do very, very well. And a humiliating performance by him will be the end of his career. Period. I mean, Ben Askren got buried. Buried by his performance. And so I think if that happens to Tyron Woodley, as over as it was before, it's even more over after this. So, yeah, this is the worst. This is the end. That's why I'm praying T. Wood pulls one out here. Oh, by the way, before we go on to the next, before you start, Logan Paul was at Monday Night Raw yesterday, by the way. And it was funny. He was at catering. And I went up to him and I said, "Hey, because you know Corey Graves is to my right, Byron to my left. Corey Graves is kind of the bad guy, Byron a good guy." And I said, "Corey is gonna go is gonna be like your biggest fan, and I'm gonna break your balls on TV. That's what's gonna happen." And he goes, "Great, go after me all the way, man. No problem at all." So I told him, "I was like, dude, I'm gonna go after you." He goes, "Oh yeah, cool, great, awesome. Because I'm a fight guy and I gotta break your balls." He goes, oh yeah, of course, no problem at all. So Logan Paul, I've never met Jake. Logan Paul was all in on the like, great, no, no problem, dude. I understand how it is. Go after me, man. The more people booing, the better it is. So he gets it. He gets it 100%. Dude, I've always said that to you. I felt like Logan was like the more affable, like, yeah, yeah I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah. a big
1: goofball on YouTube He yeah. didn't take himself too seriously. He doesn't. Jay it. Paul yeah. has, has tried to be a villain and a heel his entire life and just has the look of someone who thinks he's the greatest ever. Logan always struck me as like the, the easier to get along with brother Paul. Yeah. yeah,
0: And he was. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, go after me 100%. So very cool with that. But he, he gets the, the absurdity of it. Next.
1: All right. Still on uh, Woodley Paul. Uh, oh, here from, we go. This is from Jason in Indianapolis. So looking ahead to the end of the month with Tyron Woodley versus Jake Paul fight, what do you think Woodley's mindset is compared to Paul's? As you've mentioned in the past about Woodley, if he's going to be motivated to fight anyone, it should have been Colby Covington, and he was not. With that being said, I'm uh, of the impression that after Ben Askren, Jake Paul... He thought to himself, damn, I need to get into that big money more than I'm going to average my friend's embarrassing I'm going to avenge my f- friend's embarrassing defeat at the hands of an amateur boxer. Do you think Woodley has any desire to uphold the respect of MBA?
0: He does. And it's not like he didn't here's the, the part that scares me. He wanted to beat Colby Covington. I don't think it was a matter of, of of I didn't have the motivation. I don't know if his body can get there anymore. I don't know if he's capable of what it takes to be a professional fighter. More physically, he just might not have it anymore. So that's what worries me. It's not that he won't be motivated, or that he's thinking about money more than legacy. I, I, I think these are all. How can I put it? Those are all, you know, uh, six of one, half dozen of the other. What I think it is is that he might have been motivated and couldn't get there anyway which to me is a much scarier proposition. When he was motivated against Kobe Covington and looked like that, if he wasn't motivated, I go, oh, well, he wasn't motivated for that fight, but he can still do it. Uh, what scares me is that he was motivated and couldn't do it. That's even worse. But, yeah, I, I think it's more I need that money more than I'm going to help out my friend. I mean, that's great, but give me the cash. I think that's what he's thinking about. It. Hopefully, though, he doesn't want to get humiliated like Ben was humiliated because... That would suck. Next.
1: All right. Next one comes from Rob from New Hampshire, who says, Hey, Jimmy, now that you find yourself within the wrestling business, how did you feel about the return of CM Punk and Brock Lesnar? And would you have felt differently if you weren't in wrestling?
0: Not really. I mean, yeah, I I liked the return of CM Punk to AEW. I didn't see it. Um, But I I call so much wrestling these days that I just don't have time to watch AEW because I have to watch so much WWE, to keep up with my job. Uh, Great, man. I don't see any... I know RJ talked about this yesterday or Monday and was kind of dismissive of CM Punk. Look, a fighter and an entertainer performer, which is what pro wrestlers are, are very different. They're cut from different cloth. They're not the same thing. They're not the same person. They're not giving the audience the same thing. So I see no contradictions between you brought coming back to WWE and being successful there when he wasn't successful in his later stage of his MMA career. I see no contradictions with CM Punk going to pro wrestling AEW or anywhere else when he was a washout in MMA. They're two different things. I I don't care about I don't I don't see pro wrestlers as badasses trying to you know it's they're performers and they're amazing performers and that's what they do. I don't see them as fighters. If, if, if CM Punk had walked out in an MMA event, I'd go, Oh my God, what are you doing? Like you're going to get killed. That would concern me walking out and saying, I'm going to entertain people, which is what he's doing in AEW. I have no issue with that at all. And, and that really wouldn't have changed, uh, you know, before I was, you know, back into wrestling or, or it it doesn't really change. They're different things. Being good at one does not mean being good at the other. And why we equate them i don't understand so that's where i am about that K.O.B., did i answer the question fully or was there something i missed there no i think you answered it fully okay okay because that's how i feel it's like okay it's it's almost like quitting one sport and starting another it's like okay good good great you know like i good for you like yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't good for you man i don't i don't have a problem with that at all i don't know why i would <laughs> go where you make the most money <laughs> go where you make the most money man do it don't yeah. worry about what i think you know
1: Hit me. Next up. All right, this comes from Ryan from New Jersey, who says, hey, Jimmy, uh, since they've been going back and forth at each other quite a bit lately, what do you think the odds that Bellator and PFL come together to co-promote a fight between Chris Cyborg and Kayla Harrison?
0: They won't do it. They won't do it. I, I really honestly believe that. They're jockeying for second place, and it would be smart of them to do that, but I don't think they will. And, and even when... PFL, and at the time it was World Series of, I don't know if it was World Series of Fighting when I was still there or whatever the deal was. As far as I know, there's no professional relationship between PFL and Bellator. They're not friends. Like, Ryzen, there was obviously, we we went over and did some Ryzen shows, and they sent some fighters over to Bellator. I haven't seen any of that between PFL and Bellator. I just haven't. So that's another thing to keep in mind is I haven't seen them get together for any other reason. Why they should get together for this, I I don't know. If they had any kind of relationship, I believe we'd see that fight. But I haven't seen that on display, so why would they? Um, It would be smart of them to do that. It would be smart of everybody who isn't the UFC to try to work together as much as humanly possible to, to try and get some headroom when it comes to the UFC. But they're not. And I don't think they will. And we haven't seen anything like that. So I don't see it. I would love to see that. But if it hasn't happened before, it's not going to happen now. That's how I see it. Next. Here was an interesting question I'd seen
1: on Twitter. Uh, who, in your mind, is the most in Conor McGregor's head? Oh, Dustin, Dustin Poirier, oh. Poirier Habib Nurmagomedov, or Nate ahead. Diaz.
0: D- Dustin Poirier, 150,000%. <laughs> the guy beat me twice, broke my leg. Uh, I hate him. I'm furious. Uh, I want to get back in, and the reason I can't get back in is because of this guy. I really believe also, not just for the simple reasons I just outlined, but I truly believe Connor lashing out at everybody else is a misdirection of Dustin Poirier. He's mad at Dustin Poirier. He's mad. He's laid up. He's mad that Dustin Poirier has destroyed his his illusion, which was you know this this undefeatable uh, unbeatable uh, something this this spectacular thing in combat sports, which he's not anymore. He's not. He's not. He isn't. He isn't that. That was taken away from him by Dustin Poirier. And so all his attacks on Khabib, all his attacks on everybody else, are frustration at Dustin Poirier. That's what they are. It's a misdirection. So I really believe that everything else is just icing on the cake. He's mad at Dustin Poirier. And just remember, you can always email your questions to utcmailbag at gmail.com. I'll answer them every Wednesday. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the XM podcast network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Merck. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Andy King is director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.